This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. So glad you've joined us today. And uh, we're joined, as always, by Richard Blackaby. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, Sam. Uh, helping take our leadership to the next level, as <laughs> we like to say around here. Yep. And uh, to do that today, uh, what uh, what advice do you have for, for fellow leaders as we uh, traverse the murky waters <laughs> of leadership? <laughs> well, Sam, there's uh, an interesting issue that uh, it can sound kind of straightforward at, at first uh, swipe, but... Uh, I see it all the time, and that is, uh, I want to talk to us today about dealing with the organization you have, not the organization you wish you had. Hmm. Uh, I see a lot of leaders that will come into a place, and they want it to already be the kind of place that they want it to be, expected to be, uh, but it's not yet. And the problem with a lot of leaders is they don't know what to do with an organization that's not (laughs) what it ought to be. So, for instance, uh, you could have a pastor who is um, in seminary, he's being taught, well, when you get out there, you're going to preach the word and people will just be lapping it up and uh, you're going to be mission-minded. You'll be uh, having a church that's on mission and reaching out to his community. And and then you get there and uh, they're they're not used to deep preaching. They, they, they like having their ears tickled with just funny stories. And, uh, and so you're laying out this deep truth and they're kind of not knowing what to do with it. And you get frustrated because they're kind of shallow. And then you, you start to talk about reaching the community and, and they've kind of been fairly self-centered in the past and haven't done anything to reach out and they just worry more about their own comfort. And so you begin to get very frustrated with this unspiritual, ungodly rabble that you've been stuck <laughs> with. And, uh, and so is it, is it at that point that you just fire the congregation yeah, and you, just wipe the slate? Uh, I, I tell you, I, I've seen pastors that start getting, you know, letting go of staff, uh, let, uh, getting people out of leadership roles in the church, maybe even just, uh, being pretty harsh from the pulpit and people start leaving and, uh, and you get frustrated because the church is actually declining in attendance instead of growing under your, uh, great ministry. And, um, <laughs> and so you get, you get frustrated and, it, and you blame the people for not being the people they ought to be. Uh, yeah. And this happens in business. This happens in leading nonprofits, uh, where you you have this ideal vision of what it could be, what it maybe ought to be, uh, but it's not. Yeah. And uh, and so people come in sometimes and they feel like, well, if I just if I just start leading the way as if they were the, a great people, a great mission minded, outward focused, creative, risk taking organization. Then, um, then you know, maybe I just need a, a big rallying speech for all the leaders, and then we'll just take off and be the people we ought to be. Yeah. And uh, and then they don't, and there's pushback, and they, there's people undermining you, and and so before you know it, you're at war with your own people, and you're out of touch. You're not leading the organization you actually have. Yeah. And so, uh, want to just talk a bit about that, and uh, of course, it it happen. It can happen in a church. It can also happen in a family. Um, because uh, every organization has a culture, and so yeah, um, being aware of that culture that you inherit, not the culture that you yeah, yeah hope is. Uh, and so, like there. for instance, um, you know, we uh, have written a, a book or two where we talk a bit about some of the fun things that we did in our family growing up, some of the parties we threw, and so on. And uh, so, I've had uh, moms and dads read that and be inspired and say, "Well, you know, we we need to." 
have more fun in our family too. And so uh, we're going to have let's we're going to have a, a, a game night with yeah. our family. It's a mandate. Uh, we have yeah. to do this. And uh, we're going to we're going to start being a more fun family too. But um, so they make all their kids sit down. They pull out a board game and. And there's all kinds of fighting and tears and, and <laughs> angry outbursts and hurt feelings. And it's like, well, wait a minute here. What The Blackabees played games and, uh, you know, that they seemed like they had a lot of fun. And we, I tried doing that with my family and uh, it, it's mayhem. Uh, the problem is that we cultivated game playing in our families from when our kids were quite young. I mean, that's all they ever yeah. knew. And so it was built into the culture of our family to have fun and to everybody gang up on me and try to make me lose and uh, and uh, you know we you can't just one day suddenly decide that we're going to be a fun family uh that plays games and so on you you've got to move people to that place and it's not that you can't get them there but uh you, you you've got to there's a there's you have to lead them yeah there. yeah many leaders find that it's in the moving of the people <laughs> That, uh, that the rubber meets the road. Yeah, so there's a couple of things I would just say you need to do. If you Maybe you've come to a new place or, uh, or maybe you're just kind of looking at your family and saying, you know, I feel like my family's not really what it ought to be right now. We don't uh, care for each other the way we should. We don't have fun. We, we're not building each other up, whatever. Way too much fighting. Uh, maybe you look at your church and you say it's, it's way too inward looking instead of outward looking. Or you look at your business and you realize... We're missing all kinds of opportunities. We're not we're not uh, being creative enough and come developing new products, and we're not adjusting to the changing times or whatever. Um, and so, what? How do we? How do I get my organization to the place where we are risk taking and we are seizing opportunities and we're looking to the future and adapting and so on? And so, uh, one of the first things I would just say, and this is certain, this especially happens when a new person comes into the job. And uh, they're they're all excited. Oh, I finally I graduated from seminary. Now I get to lead my first church, and yeah. it's going to be so exciting. Or I just I've been hired on to manage in this role or to lead this company, uh, and so I've got all these big plans and this great vision of what we're going to do. But um, a couple things you need to do first, and one is you need to you need to take a really hard look at reality. You've got to look at what you actually have. And, and uh, you look at your, your personnel um, and, you, and you say, uh, what, what's the bandwidth of the personnel I have? Um, now, some of them are just not going to have the capacity. Uh, what, I remember when I uh, was called to be a seminary president, uh, I began looking at my, the staff I inherited. And uh, there, was, there were some that had a lot of capacity that were being underutilized. Mm-hmm. And I realized, wow, we, this person has got a lot of bandwidth we've not even tapped into yet. They need a lot more responsibility. And then I saw some other people that I thought they are way over their heads. They don't have the training. They don't have the experience uh, they, to be able to do what we're going to need them to do. They're, they just, yeah. they're, they're not going to be able to go very far with us uh, in where we're headed. And so their days with us are numbered. And then I see some other people, I think, you know, with some training, with some equipping, might need to have them take a class online or something. I think we could get more out of them. But so you look at your personnel uh, and, and not who you'd want them to be, but who are they? What's mm-hmm. what is their ability? What's their attitude? You know, sometimes uh, they might be a talented person, but their attitude is so bad. They're so op- uh, oppositional that, hey, I, I'm going to they've got their foot on the brake and they just don't want to be dragged forward. Well, 
then that's not going to work. Either their attitude changes or the, we're going to have to change them. Uh, and then you look at your your programming, you look at your facilities. Uh, you, you know, I remember when I came as a pastor of a church, I, I began looking, walking the hallway saying, you know, we can only build our children's program so far with this facility and this these rooms. And uh, this kitchen is not going to be able to handle the kind of things we, we're going to want to do. And so it, it's okay for where we are today, but where we're going, it's not going to be okay. So, so take a real hard look at what is reality. What, what do I have to work with here? Uh, not who do you wish you had to work with. Yeah. And you, and you look at your leadership team and you say, ah, this is probably about a B minus leadership team. There are, you know, some good people here. Uh, they've been here a while nice people, but, uh, I don't know that there are a level leaders here. So can you work with B leaders? You can. And sometimes you can even help maybe raise some of them into a category. Uh, or it may be that for the first year or so you, you, you can make a lot of, of progress with some B players. And then over time you need to upgrade your team to some A players. Um, so uh, it, it doesn't mean, you know, there's some pastors, there's some uh, CEOs that when they come in, I mean, they just clear the, the, the deck. I mean, they want every staff person's resignation. They want uh, to, to hire all their own direct reports. They, I mean, just a clean sweep. And uh, I've never really, I, I don't really believe in that. I, I, I understand why some people yeah, do it. I feel like that could cause a lot more problems. Yeah. And I mean, uh, literally there are churches where like the entire staff gets cleared out and the new senior pastor comes in and he wants all of his own people there. Um, and that's, that's harsh. I, I would say now when you do come in, evaluate all those staff and some of those may have to go, yeah. but, at, but at least give them the opportunity to embrace the, your vision to uh, to support you to adapt to grow to take the challenge and uh, make some adjustments uh, and if they're willing to do that i kind of feel like you should give them the opportunity if they're resistant if they're hostile if they wish they had the old guy back then their days probably should be numbered but mm-hmm. so so take a look at all of what you've got but then secondly look at where you're going uh, and a lot, you know there are a lot of leaders a lot of pastors that really couldn't tell you where they feel like the church needs to go. Um, yeah. uh, and, and so you don't really know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's unfair to, to judge your staff if you don't have a destination. Uh, you know, if I look at you as a staff person, uh, I can say, well, you know, he does a good job. He's, uh, he's this that, as well. But, but where are we going uh, at Blackview Ministries? And what, what kind of organization do we want to be? Can Sam adapt to that? Can he grow? Does he have the bandwidth? Is he teachable? Uh, because we're going to be doing more kinds of things in the future. Can he, how far can he go with us? And, you know, some, some people are, are like yourself or very talented and you can, um, you want to grow, you want to, you're, you're pushing me to say, we need, let's, let's keep <laughs> getting into the future. Uh, so, so that's really encouraging, but other people, it's, you talk with them and, they're frustrated with all this technology and they just kind of like the way we used to do it. And so, uh, so the key is, okay, who do I have to work with? And, uh, and then where are we going? And now let me, now that I know where we're going and I have a sense of what it's going to take to get there, let me look at the staff and ask the question, can they get us there? Yeah. And I remember when I first even came to Blackwood Ministries, uh, 
uh, my dad was getting older and uh, he had some very loyal staff uh, working with him that had been around a long time. And they're, they're, to a person, they're wonderful, godly uh, people, very loyal to dad. But, but in all honesty, uh, for us to start doing new things uh, and moving forward, it, it became obvious to me that some of them really did, they didn't want to go there. Uh, mm-hmm. And not, not that they were even going to oppose me. It's just that they had put in years doing it one way and they were at an age where it would be easier to retire, uh, to step aside than to have to learn a whole new set of skills mm-hmm. and start doing a bunch of new things. And so you, when you start to look at that, you realize, okay, well, um, then ultimately these people are going to have to be phased out. Uh, yeah. And that it doesn't have to be harsh. It doesn't mean that they're bad right. people. It just means that they the, the organization needed them in, in a stage of the organization's life. But as we move into a new stage, we're going to need some new people to get us to that stage. Well, and I think that's the real kicker, isn't it? Uh, knowing at, at what pace do you do you make those changes and what, you know, how long do you give those those B minus leaders or those folks who you think maybe could could do it, but let's let's see how far they go. And yeah, that's uh, to me it seems like that's really the because you can do it all too fast, mm-hmm. or you could do it all too slow. Yeah, there seems to yeah. be there needs to be a a timing thing, which we've spoken about before uh, on the podcast, just about timing. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, one thing I would look at is. Um, well, you know, instead of just wholesale, just fire everybody, let's just hire all new staff uh, for this new organization we're going to be, um, ask yourself, you know, what are some of those those uh, preliminary steps we can take that we could do with this staff? I mean, right now we could make this, we could probably make half a dozen smaller changes yeah. that they could, they could handle and they could feel, they could make a contribution. And meanwhile, you may be, now that gives you some time to be thinking about the future and think about what kind of people you're going to need, you know, for all the stuff we do now, like this podcast and a lot of the live streaming that we do. Um, when I first came to Blackbeard Ministries, we didn't do any of that. And, uh, but in hiring you now, it gave us the ability to do a bunch of technology, technology kinds of things we hadn't had the capacity to do before. Mm-hmm. We didn't hire you on day one. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't think I knew you on day one. Yeah, but uh, much much later. Yeah, but uh, we, uh, but you know, so that what that meant was that we did all we could with who we had at the time. Yeah, and 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 I think that's an important word for some leaders. Uh, Eke out all you can with what you've got, even while you're you've got an eye to the future. You you have an eye for talent, and and you may get a couple of years out of some of this some of the staff that gives them a chance to grow, a chance to prove themselves, uh, and maybe gives them a chance to begin considering the fact that maybe they need to find another place to work. And, you know, sometimes people can tell that. Uh, they can yeah. tell that their organization they've been a part of for a while is is starting to move in some new directions, and uh, they realize that what the, the major contribution they used to make is not that important anymore, and uh, and maybe they aren't enjoying their work anymore, and... And so there's times where I, I just think it's actually really good for staff to, to have a fresh new challenge. And, and, and so, you know, if you take a year or two uh, to work with them as best you can, well, then that gives them time to be kind of rethinking what they want to do next in yeah. their life. Or maybe they, 
they gives them time to take some classes and upgrade their skills. Uh, but uh, usually you don't need to just abruptly uh, do a complete overhaul. Um, now I've, I remember coming to the seminary, and I've shared this before, but like we had one person in charge of our, our finances, our business office, that was way over her head. And we began to see some major mistakes being made. And with, with your finances, you just can't afford to have that. I was having the bank uh, calling me, telling us that we had spent more money out of accounts than we had in those accounts. And yeah, that's not a good. Uh, and and we had we had plenty of money. We just my my business manager just hadn't transferred it from savings into checking. She wrote checks and then didn't bother to cover the checks. And I mean, th- it was that basic that I just said, okay, if you don't if you can't figure that out, that you you make sure you have enough money in the checking account when you write checks. Um, we we can't let that go. We can't you know do that for two or three years. Uh, until we find someone better, we're going to have to cut, cut right there and say that can't happen. But, but then we had other people that worked hard and were good people, but you could tell uh, they just, you know, they they were not really forward thinkers. Uh, they were great at doing this particular job, but if we expanded at all, they're going to just be stressed out. And I, impl- I I knew we needed to expand, so so I don't need to lay them off immediately. But I need to begin walking with them to just see, well, how far can they go? Yeah, what's uh, their outer limit? And as we get moving forward, and, and you communicate that with people, and you you let them know, this is where we're going, this is what I'll need you to be doing if you're, if you're with us in the future, that you're going to need to be doing this and handling all of that. And some people just start to realize, okay, well, that's... I'm just not going to be happy. Well, you know, what I like about that is it... Is it, uh, it it, it makes it so that there aren't, hopefully, surprises for people, especially your staff, when, when you do get to that ultimate point where they, they can go no further, that they you know they know what's coming, and uh, hopefully when, when the decision time is there, that, that it's, it's almost a mutual understanding that yeah. by the time that, that rolls around, it's not, you know, you're not totally blindsiding people by letting them go because they can't keep up with, with the pace of things. Yeah. And, and so I think that there's a lot of grace in that. And I think that's, that can go a long way as a leader as well, that, that it wasn't, you just showed up and said, Hey, here's your pink slip. Yeah. Have a nice life. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you, you've been walking with them and that, that builds a lot of goodwill, uh, I would think as a leader as well. Yeah. And I, maybe just to just add one last thing for the break is, uh, you know, I there are some people that have rough edges, but they have a good heart. They are, are willing to learn. They work hard, and I I see this all the time. Where, especially non-leaders, can I just say this? Leaders, true leaders, can recognize leadership ability. Non-leaders miss it. Non-leaders yeah. tend to just see the rough edges. They don't see the potential. Uh, I, I, I'll be real honest with you. I see this a lot in the church. Uh, there are a lot of pastors who are not strong leaders. Right. Uh, they like to preach, they like to teach, but they're, they don't, they're not gifted at leading. And uh, so when th- there's some, maybe some new converts come in the church and they got lots of rough edges, but they, they have an ability to lead and they're hard workers and they want to learn. Uh, and I see pastors who get threatened by people like that or they get frustrated with people that will do things like, people with rough edges will do <laughs> and uh and they don't see the potential yeah and so they they want to just get rid of these guys 
instead of investing in them. And I always, if, if you show me a guy, I don't care how rough he is. If, he, if he's got a good heart, if he's teachable, if he's willing to take feedback, if you'll just give him some time, give him some affirmation, affirm him and give him some opportunities to, to learn and grow, uh, you may have the very people in your ranks right now that could take you far, but you've got to take time to invest in them. Yeah. And there's, there's some leaders that just, they don't want to put that investment in. They just, they, well, let's get this guy out of here and somewhere God will just provide some ready-made leader that will come in and just do all the things that I, I want him to do. But it may be that God has given you all the raw materials right, right before your eyes you just need to open your eyes and realize, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to, instead of us immediately, you know, as a pastor or as a business leader, I mean, on day two, after I get there, immediately yeah. launching into all these bold initiatives, I may have to take a year or two just getting my team in place and working with the team and getting them to learn how to work together effectively and in unity and and, and knocking off some of those rough edges and uh, and helping polish people up and and uh, encourage them. And boy, I tell you what, a year or two from now, we're going to be a, a lean, mean machine here, but but it's going to take a year or two of investment first. Yeah. And there are a lot of leaders out there that they don't want to take that time to invest in people. Yeah. And you know, it goes back to our, our instant gratification culture and, and even our podcast last week on, on waiting, you know, and, and that that uh, that's a a muscle that you have to exercise, yeah. and it's not always easy. Yeah. And so you know, waiting to to mold the 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 group of people that you want to see in the future doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, and I know I know some leaders that they're moving on every year and a half, two years, because they just don't have the patience. They they get somewhere, and then people aren't where they ought to be yet. Programs aren't what they ought to be, and and they get frustrated, and they just move on. And if they just stayed. And just invested and built people and programming up. By now, they would have had a great organization, but they they didn't stay long enough, and they they just didn't want to put the time in required to build what they had. And so, yeah, if you want to if you want to take your organization to a destination in the future, look at what you have, and you may have the raw materials. You just it may take a little bit of time to develop those mm-hmm. materials first. Well, let's take a quick break here. Richard and Daniel Blackaby will be at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove on May 17th through 19th, 2021. The title of this event is On the Move, How God Increases Your Spiritual Influence. It was originally scheduled to be held this year, but due to COVID-19, has been rescheduled. You can find out more and register at thecove.org. Links will also be in the show notes. Richard, I love this idea of uh, just taking a hard look at, at the reality on the ground. And, and as in, if a new leader comes into a situation being able to fully understand who it is that they have, what are their capabilities, um, the time that it might take to invest in those people to get them to where you want them to be. And, and ultimately, you know, you may be replacing people down the road. Um, the fact that, you know, you're not going to realize your vision overnight, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think so often we, we think that we can realize because everything else in our life is instant. And so, you know, you're going to have to take time uh, to develop uh, your organization. And maybe before we uh, wrap up today, can we maybe get into some of the nuts and bolts? Uh, for instance, if you're, you know, building, let's say if you're a pastor and your building can only hold X amount of people, but, you know, you you see it growing and the potential for growth um, and you're going to have to build something new, uh, at what point or, or should you uh, really be investing in that building 
how do you sort of navigate some of those more kind of uh, finesse and, yeah. and the nuts and bolts of, well, of of that transitional period? You know, if you've watched any of those uh, rocket uh, launches, sending people out into to the space stations and other places, uh, you got those rocket boosters that that shoot off and they get you they get you up to speed and in out uh, on the way, uh, and then the, the, but they don't go all the way with you. They they get right. You, you get they help you get the momentum. They get you going the right direction, and now you they you, you drop them off, and you you they can only take you so far. And so I I know that there are, there are resort there there's facilities, there's personnel, there's programming that they do have a role to play, uh, but they're not going to necessarily go with you all the way to the destination. And so as we've been talking about, it sometimes it's foolish to just immediately rid yourself of all of them because they can help you get going in the right direction and they, yeah. and that might be an important role that they play and so like for instance with buildings i was i was just with a pastor that is uh is turning a church around and so they had a very small kind of rundown building and uh and so they've they put some sweat equity into that building they've done some you know tearing out some walls and uh replacing some carpet but at the same time they said you know but we're gonna it won't take us all that long until we're filling this building up it's just not that big and so there's some things we can do to kind of buy us a year or two where we could be filling it up maybe going to two services but but ultimately and and there's not any there's not enough land to even build you know just build onto the building they pretty well maximize all of their space already so so he said uh, we don't have to, we're not trying to become a mega church, but real, realistically, if we grow very much at all, we're going to need a bigger place. So yeah, do we put in, uh, you know, uh, do we tear out a wall here? Do we, do we put in maybe some basic new carpet to kind of spruce it up for the next year or two? You do, but do you put in really expensive investments into that place? Right. Uh, do you pour a lot of money in and then two, three years later, have to sell that building and go get a new one. Um, well, you, you got to kind of have a sense of, you know, how far can this take us? Uh, what is our ultimate destination? If our ultimate destination destination is going to require a bigger facility, then let's just get the most out of the one we have, but not necessarily pouring a lot of money needlessly into it that we'll never see come back being realistic with with those expectations and and there are staff like that as well you know Mm -hmm. over the years in different organizations i've led i I can tell you about some really good-hearted people that help me uh get to the next level uh and then they oftentimes they moved on on their own but uh but they had a role to play to help get things changed and i think of things like uh the very when i was at the seminary uh, there, we, we never really had an academic dean position uh, fully developed before, and uh, and so I had someone that was a perfect guy to do that, uh, but he only stayed around for about a year or two, and then he moved on. Uh, I would have happily kept him in that role, but uh, but God had other assignments for him. But in the two years or so he was in that role, he helped us move toward accreditation. He mm-hmm. raised some standards. He gave some dignity to the office. And then someone else came in afterward that was more of a long-term kind of person, ready to really settle in. And so don't uh, underappreciate those transitional people that uh, God may have put in yeah. your life. Um, realize, okay, I, 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 this person may not take us long-term, 
but they may have a role to play. Uh, maybe a long-term person wouldn't be able to handle all the major changes we're going to make right now. Um, maybe we need a shorter-term person to do that. And then once the changes are made, a long-term person can settle in and, and really administer this into the future. Uh, and same with culture. Um, you, to, to, to make a lot of changes, you're going to have to adjust the culture of an organization. And, uh, and oftentimes that's going to require different kinds of people. Yeah. Uh, people that see things differently, function differently, have different attitudes. Um, and so uh, there may be some people that for now, they're, they're sort of placeholders. They can kind of, while you're busy ad- addressing these other major issues, they can kind of hold the fort here. But eventually you're going to get to their area and say, well, now it's time to upgrade there. Uh, and hopefully this person can grow and do it. But uh, maybe their assignment right now is just to kind of help us get to this place. And yeah. uh, and I've, I've kind of tended to look at, uh, and you know, I've, we've talked before about my book on seasons. And I'm more, I, I just realized that there's a lot of what we do has a seasonal aspect to it. And so yeah. it's not meant to be, a lifelong assignment necessarily. And so, you know, there, there are some people, I think that there's a season for them in an organization and they yeah. have, they have a, a definite God given role to play, Right. but it, it's not all a lifelong commitment. Um, and I think we realize that there's just not that many jobs out there that are lifetime assignments anymore. You, you, you go into a certain role that God has for you and you, you learn some skills there, you get some great experiences, you make a contribution, and then at a certain point, God moves you on to a new challenge, a new assignment. Uh, and so, you know, I look at people and say, well, is there still a role that God has for this person here? And it, it may be just get us two years down the road, mm-hmm. uh, where now we've got capacity to maybe hire someone with a higher level of skill sets. Uh, maybe now we need an HR person uh, as we've grown uh, who's got a higher capacity, uh, maybe a finance, you know, this, this bookkeeper was fine when we were kind of a smaller organization, but now we're getting a lot more complex with a lot more personnel. And, and now we need someone with a lot more sophisticated training and background. And, and so it doesn't belittle the person that helped you when you were just starting right. out. You you didn't have the budget to hire a full-time skilled person when you started out, but, but now you really need them. And so uh, the one thing, maybe the last thing just to say is be careful. I, I, I suppose one of the hardest things in that area is, you know, you have someone that perhaps maybe you just started out your organization. You had a, uh, a bookkeeper and just a handful of staff and, and everything was, was fine. But now you've got a way more financial issues. You've got to account for it better. You need more sophisticated accounting software and reporting and you've got tax issues and and now this bookkeeper is just kind of stressing out and they don't have the background of the training. They don't really know how to use this more sophisticated software that your accountant wants you to use. And, uh, uh, but you, you feel loyal to the, to that person. They've been with you a while and now they're kind of stressing out and they're always pulling their hair out and, and needing help. And it's taking a lot more time and it's always a little iffy if the, uh, the audit is going to, find that some <laughs> some accounting errors were there yeah. but uh but you you want to be you feel like well but we they they were there with us in the beginning and so how what kind of jerks would we be to let them go now but the problem is if you're not careful about that those people that helped launch you in the beginning they start holding you back 
Mm-hmm. And and now you've limited your capacity to grow because you, you're holding on to someone that just doesn't have that ability to take you in the future anymore. And so uh, you're not doing anyone any favors if you hold on to someone that is causing you to, to hold back, to not grow, to have a lot of unnecessary problems because they just don't know how to handle certain things. Yeah. And so I think you have to look at people and, and not just crassly, just just strictly by the numbers. Uh, you want to help people grow as much as you can. But there comes a point where someone is, they have, your organization has grown beyond them. And at this point, uh, as long as you keep them in place, you're never going to get to your destination. They'll, they'll hold you back. And at that point, you've got to always consider the value, the, the importance of the organization over just one person. And yeah. you, you value people. But you're not really valuing people if you let them drown in a job that's too big for them. And at a certain point, you just have to say, for their sake and the organization, they made a great contribution. We'll always be grateful for what they did. But for the next stage in this organization, we need someone with a different skill set. And so let's release that person that got us this far. Let's hire someone now that can take us into the future because ultimately you want your organization to achieve the purpose that God had for it in the beginning. Hmm. Well, this is great stuff. Not easy to do, um, but certainly uh, worth taking the time to think about and and, um, figure out a plan to make it happen. So thanks again, as always, uh, for walking us through these issues. And until next time. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.